What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Levi Evans here with another edition of Not The Experts. Sorry, me and Titus have been dropping the ball, it seems like, a little bit lately. Um, we did record earlier this week. You will never see it, though. Every time we record it and the recording requires some sort of editing, you just go ahead and throw that thing in the trash because uh, I don't think there's anything me and Titus despise more than having to go back and uh, edit our recordings. Anyways, um, a lot of things going on over the, the sports weekend, huge sports weekend, one of my favorite weekends of the year, um, Masters weekend. And it's mixed with another one of my favorite weekends of the year, which is opening day weekend for the MLB. And we get to end one. It's absolutely amazing. And we're not only just doing that, we're also settling and sorting out how these NBA playoffs and their matchups and the seeding is going to be as we got the uh, play-in tournament coming up. And in the East, 7, 8, 9, 10, they are all duking it out right now for those spots. Um, the Hawks lost last night, even though a great, another great effort by Trey Young had his 35th 30-point-plus 30 uh, game of the year. Amazing. Give that Put that man in NBA all-first team point guard i'm tired of the disrespect trey young is the best point guard in the nba let me get off that right now it is saturday 10 52 a.m as i'm recording so a lot of y'all probably going to be listening to this on monday tuesday be like oh why should i even listen to this there's going to be so many other stuff going on well look i'm there is news happening and developing all over the sports world right now. And there's just going to be too much for people to cover, um, you know, on Monday and Tuesday and all these pods. So you're going to want to listen to this. You're going to want to listen to this. So congratulations to whoever the Masters winner was, uh, Justin Thomas. I hope it was Justin Thomas. I think this is Justin Thomas's best chance of um, winning. But Scotty Scheffler, he's got to slow down. If JT wants to get that done, but congrats to uh, JT, Scotty, whoever it was. Um, let, let's get into this. News topic number one. Da, 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 da. Matthew Stafford bought two homes from Drake for $11 million. Two LA homes are now in Matthew Stafford's possession. The man who just signed a four-year, $160 million contract extension and the new L.A. resident is living up to uh, – he's just doing things he's supposed to do. Look, Matthew Stafford's been in the league forever, and uh, Matthew Stafford was probably one of the most least thought-about quarterbacks throughout his entire tenure of Detroit. But that's just what happens. When you go to Detroit – um, your career dies, your imaging dies, everything dies with it. So uh, Matthew Stafford getting the huge recoup, the boost. I mean, we're seeing him in commercials now. Um, so, yeah. And Matt, Matt was also um, a little generous with this purchase, too, as um, he bought both the homes for $11 million. while the combined asking price was originally $7.4 So, Matthew Stafford doing some charity work 
for Drake, I guess. I guess Drake's probably definitely got a lot more money than Matthew Stafford. I was just trying to think that who's got more money here, but Drake for sure. I know Drake has a lot more assets. Matthew probably has more liquid. You know what I'm saying? Some more more liquidities out there for Matt. But uh yeah, I mean Drake, Drake runs the game. So um yeah, shout out to Matthew. According to Business Insider, I'm gonna find the uh, article here for I, I forgot I'm doing news stuff here. So I should probably uh be responsible with it, fill y'all in on some details. I got the story pulled up right here. According to the Rams Wire USA Today. Let's see. So now Matthew Stafford, he's bought two neighboring homes from superstar artist Drake. The Wall Street Journal reports that Stafford purchased the two houses for a total of $11 million, well over the $7.4 million asking price. The homes are in Hidden Hills and are two of the three properties Drake owned in that area. Calabasas, baby. The third one, which is the biggest of the three and nicknamed the YOLO estate is still on the market for 14.8 mil. Stafford purchased the two cheaper homes. According to the WSJ, one home is 3,600 square feet and has five bedrooms with an 800 square foot guest house. That house was listed for four and a half million. The other home is 2,400 square feet has three bedrooms and was listed for 2.9 million. Drake originally bought the homes uh, for a total of 7.35 million in 2015 and 2018. The Yolo estate was purchased for 7.7 million in 2012. Why not just go with the Yolo estate, Matt? I mean, Yolo, bro. The, the YOLO estate's probably too flashy for Matt. I kind of like that. Matt's still Matt's still aware of who of who he is. I like that, Matt. Don't try to do too much or be too much. But shout out to Matthew Stafford for that. Next on the docket. Da -da 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 -da. Family next to Augusta National keeps turning down millions for their 1900 foot square home. So this story is brought to us by insider.com. And the details here are pretty cool. According to the Wall Street Journal, Augusta National spent over $200 million purchasing over 100 properties covering 270 acres since 1999. Those additions have nearly doubled the size of the course and made many property owners instant millionaires. Off the northwest corner of the club, it's a free parking lot, gate 6A, a stretch of empty land that was once a fully lived-in neighborhood. The club spent $40 million to buy and bulldoze the homes, offering the residents prices too enticing to turn down. However, however, one family refuses to sell, even as the offer increases. Crazy, crazy. For a story on NJ.com, Steve Politti tracked down the Thacker family of 1112 Stanley Drive, a property adjacent to Gate 6 at 
Dash-A, and the only one that Augusta Nationals money can't buy, despite regular million-dollar offers from club officials, Herman and Elizabeth Thacker don't want to leave their home. We really don't want to go, Elizabeth Thacker told NJ.com. Money ain't everything, her husband Herman added. The two, the house is about 1,900 square foot square feet, has three bedrooms, and sits on about two-thirds of an anchor. It has an estimated value of $330,000, according to the real estate database Zillow. The couple built the house in 1959 and watched as their neighborhood, once green with plenty of space for backyards and swing sets, vanished. Once a year when the Masters roll around, the areas, the area fills up with cars. They don't mind the crowd, Politi reported. Sometimes a fan will stop by and greet the couple on their porch, complimenting their landscape and asking for gardening tips. So, um, I like it. This is these are the Thackers are people of principle. Money ain't everything. That's it. More money, more problems. I would sell. Wouldn't y'all sell? I mean, I want more than the 330000 but if they're offering millions, I want at least $3 million. Give me at least three. With the inflation today, I'm going to need at least three, and I'll be out y'all's hair. Crazy. I hope to own one of those properties one day. Not a master's property, but just one of those properties that's in a location that is needed by somebody and I just get bought out. I know there are people here in my county who made pretty good money and they were like poor neighborhoods too, getting ripped up for uh, Kia and Kia overpaid people or whoever came in overpaid people to sell their homes. So I hope I'm in one of those situations one day. Next on the docket. Dun, dun, dun. If I haven't said it yet, I know I've said it, but if I haven't made it public yet, because there's been many things I've said that have not made it on air through our uh, lack of publishing of episodes, my Falcons pick, my prediction, and also who I want them to pick in that First round in the NFL draft, Malik Willis. I said it a month ago, I said it a few weeks ago, I've had a lot of pushback. Malik Willis was trending a little bit with the Falcons towards a month or two ago. Disappeared. Seen a lot of mock drafts without Malik Willis. But now for some reason, ESPN and some other sports sites are running the possibility of Malik Willis, number seven, Coming in, new Mike Vig, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I want that. I agree. I think Malik Willis will be a really good quarterback in the NFL. And I'm totally aware that I may be compensating for my past takes on Lamar Jackson um, and some of those other guys. I'm very aware of that. So I may be doing that. I may be doing that. But Malik Willis, I do like his size. I love his arm strength. He's got great mobility, of course. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he I think he really does. And I think he'll benefit coming in. 
uh, not starting right away. So we got Mariota. We're going to keep tanking. And y'all may be thinking, well, Levi, you want the tank. Well, I do want the tank. And that I guess that's something else I have to say because that was stated on the last episode that did not make it out. So Levi wants the Falcons to tank. Levi wants the Falcons to draft Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama next year in the first round of the draft. Do whatever they can in their power to do it. That is a generational pass rusher right there who can change a team in the likes of a Khalil Mack, a Von Miller, um, you know, those type of guys. So, yeah, get Malik Willis in here first round. I like it. I don't like Kenny Pickett. I do not want to see it, Kenny Pickett. That's just another career backup. Um, yeah, give me Malik Willis. Saying it now, okay, people? So when, when y'all hear Dan Orvlosky this weekend talking about oh, Malik Willis to the Falcons, I want you to think in your head, hey, that, that not the expert guy, Levi, he's been saying Malik Willis for a minute now with the Falcons. Smart kid. Next on the docket. Don, don, don. Matt Olson made his debut with the with the Braves. Braves are currently sitting at one on one. I watched both games. Matt Olson went three for five last night. He had one hit, I believe, on Thursday, the home opener. Yeah, looking really good. I'm really Really, really happy with the acquisition. Braves are looking good. It was a struggle on Thursday, but hey, when you're the defending World Series champs and you're doing a bunch of, uh, you know, celebrating and ceremonious activities for your opening weekend, you're going to get a little distracted. And also, you're going to get the heat turned up a notch because your opponent wants to take out the defending World Series champs. They want to ruin the homecoming, the, uh, the celebrations. And the Reds were able to do that. Thursday night. Strider, Spencer Strider, the 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 mustached missile, the the slim rocket. I don't know, man. That dude's a beast, bro. Coming out of Clemson, pitched two innings. I saw him on uh Thursday. I don't know if he made an appearance last night. I kind of quit watching when the Braves had a big Kind of quit watching around the fifth. Kept track of it, though, on GameCast. So I was watching NBA as well. Speaking of the Braves, the big story, I guess. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman beef. So if y'all haven't heard about this, apparently Ronald Acuna Jr. went live Thursday or Friday night. Um, Thursday night. I believe on Instagram, and he mentioned something about how he he's he had beef with Freddie, still had beef with Freddie. Something had to do with uh, beefing with Freddie, and then he came back, denied it. But too many people were like, "Hey, we all watched your live. Now you said it." And then they asked Freddie Freeman about it, and Freddie Freeman's response was, "Yeah, he heard about it, but he has nothing lo- but love for Ronald." Uh, Charlie loves Ronald. His family loves Ronald. He hopes Ronald uh, gets back healthy and is successful. And then Freddie went on to explain why or where the beef pretty much came from uh, or was brewed from. And that was just, look, Freddie Freeman 
was the leader of that clubhouse. He was also had to play role enforcer as well as you do as the captain and the leader of a clubhouse. And so Ronald Cunha Jr. didn't like, uh, you know, some of the minuscule organizational rules um, that had to do with appearance and different things like that. And so, hey, just always be with Freddie. That's pretty natural. That's what you would expect. Um, when I first heard it, I thought it was more about hustling because that's been the biggest beef between Acuna and uh, the managerial staff is effort. So when I heard about uniform and stuff like that, I was like, nah, okay. Makes sense too. Look, Acuna is just young and it's, um, you know, coming over here from a different country, like complete culture change. Um, but yeah, there, there are rules that you got to follow. So Freddie did the right thing of just staying on top of him. And Acuna being the young hot shot was going to divide them a little bit. Look, it's all natural. It's all natural. I think there's nothing but love and mutual respect for between those two guys. Trey Young, I mentioned earlier, dropped his 35th, 30-point game last night. I don't know how to feel about the Hogs. I thought we had that game in the bag between the Heat, but somewhere we just kind of malfunctioned. I hate Nate Mc... I hate how Nate McMillan be running these benches sometimes, bro. Clint Capella sat on the bench way too long in the second half. Like, they just disappear, bro. And it pisses me off. And the reason why I'm slamming this is because you can tell I lost money over it. Clint Capella came out and freaking dominated the first half. Came out, dominated the first half of the third quarter. And then we didn't see him again until three minutes left in the freaking game. It pisses me off. And Okongwu did good stepping in for him. And I get it. We got to get Okongwu some more minutes. Why not play both of them, bro? Put Okongwu at the four sometimes, man. Do something. But, yeah, we give our guards, like, way too much rest. And we like to dilly-daddle. And, look, too many minutes are given out to these bench guys, bro. Makes me mad. And DeAndre Hunter sucks. Trade DeAndre Hunter. Freaking trade him. When I was making my entry last night for those games, I originally had four Hawks on that entry. On that entry. It was Capella, Trey Young, Gallo. No, it was Capella. Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, and Kevin Herter. And I had them hitting the overs, bro, in all these categories. Because it was a must-win last night. And what I do? What did Levi do? I second-guessed myself. And in that second-guessing, what did Levi do? Levi said, oh, we're going to go with one Hawks player instead. Because just in case the Heat decided to go, oh, Heat culture, blah, blah, blah. Holy crap. Breaking news. Holy crap. Uh, wow. Wow. This has just popped up on my TV. Um, 
Dwayne Haskins has passed away. Uh, wow. From a car accident. I believe it said it was in South Florida. Wow. Man. That sucks. Yeah, I've got the TV muted. Um, not don't really know what else they're saying, but um, man, that sucks. Rest in peace, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I guess I should say, um, yeah, that sucks. I know we've made fun of Haskins. I know I've made fun of Haskins uh, in the past. Of course, none of that's personal. It's just uh, all part of the game. Just, um, but yeah, that sucks, man. Well, I guess I don't really have a reason to keep. What a terrible time. <laughs> I can't continue to rant about the Hawks after that because um, I guess that just puts things into perspective. Um, yeah, Haskins was 24, dies in car accident agent. Um, Cedric Saunders tells ESPN, Man, I'm, I'm sure more, uh, you know, details will, will come out, uh, eventually. Man, this was very, I mean, this just happened. Wow. Oh, wow. I don't think he was in a car. So uh, he died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Um, Haskins would have turned 25 years old on May 3rd. That's according to Adam Schefter. Yes, I don't know if he's, you know, in a car um, or outside of a car. Let's see. Steelers wire. Yeah, details are scarce at the moment. So, man, not, yeah, South Florida's been crazy. Um, a lot going on down there between spring break and all these uh, concerts and festivals um, and conventions. Man, that sucks. RIP, uh, Dwayne Haskins, you never want to see that, man. You never want to see that. Well, I guess uh, I'll wrap it up on more positive news. Tiger Woods made the cut once again, 22 years in a row, streak, unsnapped, state stitched. Tiger, great performance he put on yesterday. I mean, I won't say great, very good comeback performance, though. Tiger has some Tiger shots. That made me go, dang, Tiger. Um, but, but yeah, uh, got up three over on the day, looking like he was going to miss the cut and came back, rallied, finished, um, finished one over, I believe. Can't remember. Anyways, Tiger made the cut. And Scotty Scheffler or Justin Thomas um, is going to win the Masters, hopefully. So that's it. 
look, I'm going to go ahead and wrap that up now. Um, yeah, rest in peace to uh, Dwayne Haskins. I hope everybody has um, a great rest of their day, their week, their life, whatever they're, whatever they're doing. Go do it. Just do it. Enjoy it. Hit us up on the socials at NTE Podcast, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Peace.